Let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm 119. This may be our last time in Psalm 119. As we start the Tau strophe, in in English we say A to Z. Uh, In the uh, um, Hebrew you would say Aleph to uh, to Tau. And uh, this is the Tau strophe, the last of the 22 collections of eight verses. Each one has a different theme, and each one, again, is surrounded and started by uh, a different Hebrew letter. And, of course, not uh, being uh, fluent in Hebrew, uh, the uh, acrostic here, all of the words beginning with the same letter, uh, probably wouldn't mean as much to me and you as they What we want to do is understand again the theme of the poetry. The, the goal of Hebrew poetry is not the rhyming of words as it is in English. It is the uh, bouncing back and forth or contrasting or building of thoughts or ideals And this last set of eight verses is divided up into four sets of two. And uh, let's just read through, starting with verse 169. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live and it shall praise thee and let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray. Like a lost sheep, seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. So as we look through this last set of eight verses, we said the shin or the next to last strophe was again a a look at God's word, the work of God's word, a summary in the life of the psalmist. This last one, and, and it ends on somewhat of a sad note, and, and it looks like, or it appears like, a look into the life of the psalmist. This is what's going on. And we come here, verse 169 and 170 from the first double, if you want to put that, and it is a plea for answered prayer. Then we come down to verse 171 and 172 and we find God's word is praised. Then we come down to 173 and 174, a plea for God's help. And the last is just a simple statement that it is basically all of God. Everything that is, is about God. It's not about me. And he ends on this note that I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Now, we've often made the statement, I've often made the statement in preaching, the closer you get to God, 
the more of your sinfulness you are going to see. You know, we have this idea that somehow as we get closer to God, I will get more and more righteous until I become nearly perfect on earth. Uh, now, that may exist in Mary Poppins, nearly perfect in every way, but that is not the way you and I live now, is it? If you are alive, you will struggle with sin. And the older you get, the more problems that there will be there. Other things will creep in. You will get many pressures Life is never a time when everything just disappears and it's just marshmallow cream. And, of course, if everything were marshmallow cream, it'd be pretty nasty anyway now, wouldn't it? Uh, it's good just a little bit here and there, but you don't want it everywhere. And so as we look at these, uh, let's not uh, throw our hands up in despair. That's not what is going on here, but it is a realistic look at life. We live in fantasy land whenever we're allowed to, do we not? Our thoughts stray from reality because reality is cold, it's hard, and it's often not pleasant. Now, guys, uh, we're going to have to stop the... Yes, there we go. Thank you. Um, so as we look at this first verse, it says, Let my cry come near before thee. O God, O Lord, in verse 170, let my supplication come before thee. This is two different ways of simply saying, let my prayer be heard on high. Now, of course, if you are a Christian, you ought to pray. Amen? And a lot of people who aren't Christians pray. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, as long as there are tests, there will be prayer in school. And uh, lots of people pray. How many of you ever prayed that God would help you pass a test you didn't study for? God does not answer those prayers. He answers the ones for which He is prepared to answer. If God just miraculously imparted the knowledge to pass the test, then who would take credit for it? Man, I prayed and God gave me all that. He, he, he really answered my prayer. You ever met anybody like that? That's not how prayer gets answered now, is it? You see, prayer is one of those things that God uses. And we've discussed this many times. Worship. Prayer is a part of worship. As you grab a hold of something very heavy, something that is too large for you to lift, what happens? As you transfer that weight from whatever's holding it to your hands, all of a sudden you start going down, don't you? The weight forces you down. This is what prayer is supposed to do. Prayer does not change God. God doesn't need to be changed. Prayer changes us. Prayer gets us out of the way so God can do what He wanted to do, what His will is in the first place. 
And that's why God wants us to pray. And all the parts, and I mean, we could spend uh, from now until the middle of January just talking about prayer in the life of the Christian, could we not? And still never even really scratch the surface. And that's not our intent tonight. But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and grace to help in a time of need. God wants us to come before His throne. He wants to hear the prayers of His children. James tells us, listen, if any man at lack wisdom... How many of you would say qualify? I qualify for that. I lack wisdom. I mean, my hand is up. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Well, how are you going to get wisdom? You're going to pray, aren't you? You're going to ask the only one who can give you wisdom. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. You know the difference, right? Knowledge is the retention of facts. Wisdom is what you is knowing what to do with those facts. I mean lots of people have information. But not everybody knows what to do with it. We need wisdom much more than we need knowledge, but if you have perfect wisdom and no knowledge, then what good will your wisdom do you? You've got to have both. And knowledge comes from God's word. Wisdom comes from God's presence in our life. The psalmist here, two verses, he's doubling it up to make this thing double sure. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Now, we know that God wants to hear our prayers. But yet there's a lot of verses in the Bible that says God will not hear certain types of prayer. Ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. The Bible tells us that we need to pray according to God's word. Jesus said, listen, you ask the Father in my name, ask that ye may receive that your joy might be full. That's John chapter 16. And so let my cry come near before thee, O Lord, is more of a plea that my prayers would be acceptable in the sight of God. That my prayers would be worthy of coming near, of being heard by God. Now we go to the next verse. It says, well, let's finish this. It says, give me understanding according to thy word. Do you think God wants to answer that prayer? I believe he does. God will answer your prayers if you pray for the right things. But Romans 8.26 says that we don't know how to pray as we should. That's why God has given us his spirit living within us, praying for us, interceding. And by the way, if you go to one of those churches that says you can groan with groanings which cannot be uttered, Uh, I I want to take uh, issue with you. If they cannot be uttered, that means the human voice box cannot utter them. It's not the Holy Spirit doing it through you. Uh, It's not the Holy Spirit doing it inside you and people here on the outside. 
uh, it says that these utterings cannot be uttered by human beings. It is something that the Holy Spirit of God, it goes on in the spiritual realm as the Holy Spirit of God is standing there superintending our prayers. That's why we often say, if you want to pray the Bible way, you direct your prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. God will hear those prayers. Those prayers will be worthy to come near. And God will give you understanding according to His Word. 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence that if we pray according to His will, we know He's going to answer that prayer. Now let's be careful. I met a guy one time. He says, I know it's God's will for everybody to be saved, so everybody I meet... I pray that they'll be saved and God answers my prayers. Now, there's, the only problem is the decision of salvation is made in the heart of the individual, not in the heart of someone praying for them. Now, sometimes God makes us labor long and hard praying for someone, a family member, someone we know to get saved. There are times, I dare say, you can pray your entire life long. And God will not answer that prayer because God will not force any person to get saved. But I also dare say that we should be faithful in our prayers for the salvation of others. Amen? And so what we are doing here is give me understanding. According to thy word. Let my prayers be shaped according to the words of God. Uh, I, I like the connection here and I hope you see it as I do. Let's just turn to John 11 for a moment here. And Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus prays somewhat of a strange prayer here. But it is not. Verse 41 We go to the middle of the verse, the word and, in verse 41 of John chapter 11. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now Jesus is saying, Father, I thank you. I know you've always heard me. And I know you always will hear me, but the reason why I'm saying this is I want people, these people that are going to witness this miracle that's about to happen, to know that that miracle comes from God the Father. Now this is part of Jesus' prayer. In essence, he's saying the same thing the psalmist is. Let my supplication come before thee. There's a confidence there that Jesus expressed because Jesus cannot pray outside the will of God. Jesus could not pray for anything that wasn't in God's most perfect will. And still he's making a statement, God, I know you always hear me, but I want these people to know that you're hearing me. We need to have a testimony of answered prayer in our lives. That's why the psalmist, if we regard this as a prayer journal, as a look at the entire life of the psalmist, 
This would be in his latter years as, as he is no longer the young man in verse 9 and 10. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And we don't know, maybe he wrote this entire thing at the last part of his life and gave us uh, a look, but his responses to the same problems are completely different from the beginning to the end. If you remember in the beginning, he said, My soul cleaveth to the dust. Two verses before that, the princes had spoken against him. It literally knocked him down. He was laying in the dirt. But later on, he said, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but I'm standing in awe of God's word. Can you see the difference between those two responses? In the middle of the psalm, he hit another low part, and he says, I'm a bottle in the smoke. He says, I'm all dried up. There's nothing uh, of any value in my life. And yet the next set of eight verses, thy word, O Lord, is established forever. Is settled in heaven forever, I'm sorry. Um, and so he's saying, let my supplication come before thee. In Revelation chapter 8, in verse 3, we get a, another little glimpse into heaven where it says the angel offered much incense on the golden altar before the throne with the prayers of the saints. Now, we don't have time to paint that entire picture tonight. But when is the last time when you were praying that you asked and you fashioned your prayer that it would be a sweet savor a sweet smell in the nose of God. That is the picture of prayer is incense in the Bible. And uh, somebody says, well, should we, should we burn incense sticks in our home? And, well, it depends on what you do them for. Uh, if you're just trying to get rid of the odor and you just happen to like whatever the natural smells in the house and want to make it smell like something else, I guess that's okay. Uh, but just be careful because a lot of that incense and all of that stuff is actually part of a worship system. And my incense is my prayers before God. Sometimes I wonder if God just doesn't go, Oh, my goodness. It's not his goodness, but you know what I'm saying. This is awful. I can't, I can't abide by that. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Now, we look at that and we say, why does the psalmist continue? He says this over and over. Give me deliverance according to thy word. Deliver me according to thy word. Give me understanding according to thy word. This, this phrase, according to thy word, is one of those things that is repeated over and over and over again. But let me ask you a question. If you could choose deliverance in your life, if you wanted freedom, if you wanted God to do something in your life, would you not want it to be according to God's word? Would you want it to be according to your word instead? Well, I'm not letting that one up to chance. I hope you won't. 
You see, when the psalmist is praying for deliverance, when he's praying for protection from these princes, when he's praying for God to do his greatest work, he has finally arrived at an understanding that that greatest work is going to be according to God's words. It's not going to be any other way. God is not going to do anything that's not according to his word. That's why we repudiate. That's why we uh, discourage you from seeking other sources of revelation. There, there are many voices in the world in which we live. I do my best not to be tuned into them. I want to be tuned into the voice of the written word of God. That's the only way you can know that God is speaking to you. Don't allow yourself to live in the realm of premonition and feeling because your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How are you going to sort what you hear and what you feel and what you perceive? And I met a few, well, I challenge, I check everything by the word of God. Well, how do you know that your dream or your vision or your revelation or your feeling or your presumption or whatever word you want to use, how do you know that that's really the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you? In fact, I've known people who have just gone through and taken the word of God out of context and out of sorts and trying to find God's will and flipping through the verses and pointing things out and Say, you know, I read a verse that talked about this and I read a verse that talked about that. And listen, be careful. Even God's word can be used wrongly by those who seek to know him. You see, the psalmist moves from a, a plea for answered prayer Deliver me according to thy word. By the way, before we leave this first set of doubles, the first two phrases we see very easily that they are saying the same thing. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Let my supplication come before thee. How about give me understanding according to thy word and deliver me according to thy word. Is not understanding God's word deliverance? It's deliverance from doubt. It's deliverance from fear. Life is full of struggle, is it not? But let me tell you, if you get into a difficult stretch of life and you can look back and say, I got here by serving God, you will have the confidence that God is going to use this struggle to bring you through. Let me just give you one illustration from the history of our church. How many of you remember November of 1998? That was the year we were $150,000 short in our mortgage payment. That was not a fun Christmas season for me. Because we had a very small church. We only 50, 60 people at that point. We were struggling. Where in the world were we going to get $150,000? Well, 
But let me tell you, we got there serving God. And God brought us through still serving Him. Now, one of my prayers is, God, I, I, I will do anything you want, but do we have to do that one again? Now, that, that was a rough one for me. But I sure like looking back now. I can still see that check in my mind's eye. I mean, it was just right there, just a check, Open Door Bible Baptist Church, $150,000. said, wow, how do you do that? No, God did that. We got into trouble serving Him, and we got out of trouble just by staying the course and continuing to serve Him. This is what the psalmist is speaking here. Deliver me according to Thy Word. Give me understanding according to Thy Word. If you get into difficulty by obeying God's word, you have the promise that God will deliver you according to his word. You read what this book says about the life of those that serve him. It says that the things in glory are not to be compared to the present suffering. It says forever to be with the Lord. Read the promises to the churches in those letters in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. I mean, there's some incredible things. He talks about those uh, are, that serve Him are not going to go out or come in anymore. They're going to be pillars in the temple of God. I'll tell you what. I, I would love to be stuck right there. How about you? But we move to the second double, and this double is praise. By the way, what do we do when God answers prayer? We praise Him, don't we? Now look at verses 171. He says, My lips shall utter praise. My tongue, verse 172, shall speak of thy word. Do you see the connection between praise and thy word? When I praise God, the greatest way for me to praise God is to use His words. It's not just thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And people do that all the time. That's not necessarily praising. You ever seen the people on the subway trains? They'll come on, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, and just walk the whole way through the car. I, I still haven't figured out what that one's about. And, and I really don't want to, to be honest with you. Am I the only one that's seen those guys? I've seen them more than once. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's not praise. But when I know enough of God's word to get real answers in my life and then I tell you about it, what have I just done? Amen? Hello? Hello? Are you still awake? We're going to try to finish tonight, but you got to stay with me, all right? And so we come here. It says, My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes.